Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tom Shattuck dot substack dot com Albie, that is where to go to find today's um, column article substack newsletter whatever you want to call it and it features uh, it is called sexualized women get banned from MLB but drag queens are no problem no problemo in 2019 two beautiful models flashed their breasts during game five of the World Series at National Park in, in Nationals Park in Washington DC Major League Baseball was not amused there is there is video of this, and you guys have probably seen it all over. Two beautiful girls behind, but I only I only used beautiful models because all of the uh, most of the best coverage was from English tabloids, and they kept using uh, adjectives like gorgeous and lovely and like I'm like wow I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought keep the, it classy, gents. Well, I also you know at the end of the day I thought maybe if I throw that in one of them will respond if I tag them and one did. <laughs> and that just for the. To, so that it could get around, because I've got hundreds of thousands of followers, not because I'm I'm up to anything. Anyway, in 2019, uh, two beautiful models flashed their breasts during Game 5 of the World Series at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. Major League Baseball was not amused. They did it. They, ha- they had T-shirts that said something specific about their company that they run that was supposedly going to be doing something for breast cancer, whatever, some bigger tie-in. And... Um, and they used Instagram right outside of the stadium as well. They played it really well on social media. Mostly they flashed their breasts. Yeah, mostly they flashed their breasts, <laughs> but they, they made sure to... Uh, you Brand know, it appropriately. Well, yes, but to capture the moment and cultivate it through social media immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, so they didn't... This was not. This was a campaign. This was not... It was not just spontaneous breast flash. Exactly. Okay. Um, Major League Baseball is not amused. There's this picture. Uh, they've, they, were, they were banned... You are hereby banned from all Major League Baseball stadiums and facilities indefinitely for flashing while somebody was pitching in, in, during the World Series game. I write the women's bare breasts are not allowed in baseball parks, nor are they allowed much anywhere else. 
Um, and, and why, I tried to find a reason why, like a legal reason why, what the difference is. I know, we all know, it's whatever. Uh, and, it's because men like to look at them too much. Well, sure, exactly. And essentially, women's breasts have sexual implications. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's the that's the thing. And that's the that's a legal Harvard's feminists <laughs> essay essentially. In other words, we're trying to run a family friendly operation in America's ballparks, and a sexualized spectacle is definitely not family friendly. However, yesterday at Fenway Park in Boston, fans were treated to a drag show. And they were, and there was the drag person in their teddies and their little uniforms. And um, Wally the Green Monster is gay or, or now is trans or whatever. And these girls are dressed like essentially Beyonce. Um, girls. Uh, well, these these dudes. And they look actually um, vulgar. They look terrible and gaudy. They look bad and terrible. If you were an honest person, you'd say because men don't aren't. Don't make good women. Right. Men don't make good women. And men also just don't generally. They It just, this this appearance there is a man with paint, fake hair, in women's clothes that are that are designed for a woman's anatomy. It, this just doesn't, you know, for obvious reasons. There's a reason. It just looks vulgar. It's fine. I don't give a crap. But the fact that it's in Fenway Park, I think, is problematic. So I, so I said... Uh, well, especially, I mean, and I'm the type of person that I probably uh, would be against, you know, naked people in Fenway Park as a rule. Right, exactly. So I actually read, I said, uh, I had a picture of one of the girls who was in trouble, the real girls, mm-hmm. got kicked out, said, if not, then can Lauren Summer skip down the concourse of Henry Park and gobble popcorn in a similar teddy? And of course, she's gorgeous and she's a model. And if she was at Fenway Park, she would be removed immediately for wearing the same thing. Well, and I think one of two things is going on. Well, but, but let me tell you mm-hmm. that people on Twitter, of course, said, no, that's not at all. She'd be absolutely perfectly left alone, which is not true. Well, yeah, because we've had a test of the... of the whole concept and proof of concept that she was kicked out for right but although she was burying her breasts you, you're not allowed to wear just lingerie in fenway park as, as <laughs> women a, a, aren't allowed to wear lingerie women are. In men park. can if it's on pride and they're in their well gaudy. yeah so i would suggest that maybe one of the uh one of the factors that's going into what's happening here is um that the powers that be know that nobody's attracted to this and everybody thinks it's gross or they're crushing down their natural instinct to think that it's gross in order to virtue signal that they're really good people but they know that it's not actually like you know if a really beautiful woman flashes in fenway it has the potential to like be distracting and stuff because guys will want to look at it uh but if these people are parading around in teddies, mostly people are just going to avert their eyes and pretend they didn't see it because it's disgusting. Well, sure, but I mean, not it's not disgusting to everybody. There, it is meant to be attractive to somebody. But what I would or say is that. Pretend. But I, what I would say is the fact that they think that it's family friendly and they're allowing it in Fenway for Pride suggests that they don't think people are actually attracted to it. Maybe you're right. Because but still, it might be a swing and a miss, but it's still a swing. It's still... And they're allowing it. Yes, it's still men dressed in vulgar outfits. Mm-hmm. No, trans, vulgar women, things, trans women have the right to do all kinds of things that normal women cannot do. Well, we don't know. These are just... The, we, oh, true. We don't know if they're trans women. Right. Some drag performers are trans women and some mm-hmm. are not. That is true. Accurate. So then I went to this... Uh, Although why we're even... 
validating any of this by giving it the time of day by differentiating between well, any of this junk is i mean so i went to, to all i went to where i get most of my news world. which is feministcurrent.com mm-hmm. and they write <laughs> they wrote on this and they had a in one of the quotes i pulled is why is it cute or funny or entertaining for men to mock women via drag why is it not considered to be a form of cultural appropriation but regard but with regard to gender why have progressives and mainstream feminists avoided critique of these performances in large part um, and I, I make the point that it's a it's a good question, but this is this whole thing is just showing your fealty to the uh, Pride Month cause, whatever that is, which seems to go from the spectrum to can we to legalizing gay marriage to having sex in ant piles on beaches to reading to little children to it's all sorts of things to Stonewall Revolution to. It depends. The umbrella of Pride Month seems to contain a whole lot of things. Well, and it seems to be like relentless in a way that I don't remember being in the past, frankly. Like, I I mean, Pride parades, at least, have been around for a long time. I've been aware of them. But it was like there would be Boston Pride Mm -hmm. or whatever Pride. And they would have like and mostly these all took place during Pride Month here and there across the country. But there wasn't like there wasn't like this that I recall in my lifetime, this relentless, month-long, incessant, just non-stop barrage of, you know, horny, naked gay people everywhere. You look, like, all the time for an entire month. It's like every day there's some drag queen twerking at your local elementary school. Like, I don't understand why they get a whole month to be this way. Can I have Christianity month? Is that allowed? Or do we only have sin months? Like, well, and if, if, if it's the corporations who are the people at fault here. It's completely I mean, disgusting. It, it, the, the, the gay pride, the pride movement just pitched the idea and they were like, okay, that's absolutely, so whatever. But now it's in everything. There's this ridiculous, um, ridiculous Audubon Society video as well that is the most horrific thing I have Can you wait till after? ever seen, ever seen. Um, let's, I want to play it right here. It's, it's, is it worse than the Postmates ad? Uh, well, no, it's just, it's just incredible. So it's an Audubon Society ad. And this Pride Month, and I don't know what the Audubon Society, which used to be about birds, <laughs> Everybody's out doing each other here. Like, what is this thing with this with with drag queens? This quote uh, hashtag Pride Month. Audubon partnered with a with drag queen and intersectional environmentalist Patagonia. Get it, Patagonia, to wow. bring you "Birds Tell Us" the song of the meadowlark, <laughs> a message of hope for the future of our planet as we face climate change. Change if we choose to listen. So here's a uh, Patagonia who is dressed as a red-breasted chickadee in the middle (laughs) of a meadow. Singing and dancing. Did you see this? I didn't watch it. I saw that it was sent. Can you put it on and watch it? I'll watch it later. I'm listening now. I'm just going to soak it all in. Birds. Good, it's showing on the YouTube video. That the world is changing. I see. The climate is changing. Okay, I see it. They sing it over us and around us in their songs and in the songs they no longer sing. 
tell us. So a crazy person dressed as a chickadee is dancing and drag is dancing in a meadow. See, and how how is this? What was the freaking meeting room like where they said, you guys, you know what? We still we want to save birds and the environment more. You know the way to do it? <laughs> I have to say, I think it goes back to like what we've been talking about all this week, which is how these organizations are just having total institutional capture by these radical, insane elements, right? The pro-abortion institute can't get through a meeting because the employees are all demanding that their deadlines be pushed out because George Floyd died. Like, I mean, the things have nothing to do with each other. And it's the same with Audubon. But because they've invited all these idiotic woke lefties into their space and humored some of their BS, they now are having to to do stuff like this to keep the elements in their own company happy. I think everybody in that business probably has their pronouns in their email signature as they write emails to each other about saving birds, supposedly. But I mean, this is the problem is that these activists get into your organization and they eat it from the inside out and then wear your organization like a skin suit and pretend to go around and like act like they're still the Audubon Society or whatever it is. And and they're just it it's not even the same institution anymore. It's just insane, whacked out activists pretending to be the organization. They have nothing to do with it anymore. And it's it's sad because I mean, we've been Audubon Massachusetts members for a long time. I think we finally canceled it this year because we just weren't going enough to make it worthwhile. But like I mean, I grew up going to a bunch of different Audubon sanctuaries and stuff. I love the Audubon Society. And I would never give them my money to create nonsense like this because it's insanity and it, and it's just it's contributing to the decline of our culture and everything in it. But yeah, they're hollowing out all these all these institutions that you thought were trustworthy and normal and like I mean, the All Trails hiking website where I go to look up what hiking trails are around us and like how hard they are and read people's reviews has a rainbow mountain logo this month like just stop just stop that, that, that i understand and I that mean, was that was last year's problem no, that, that was, was pathetic that now was everybody's year. got a, tra- a a drag queen right so i guess i Dancing should be like grateful bird. or the postmates ad i guess i should be grateful that the all trails website doesn't feature like a sort by best places to have sex in the woods just off trail or whatever like because that's i mean that's like what the postmates ad is i don't understand what we're doing here i just like i, I can't and it makes me but- just want to retreat into you're more of a hater than I am, else. <clears throat> okay, I'm all for the drag queens and the 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 people with the dumb short purple hair and nose rings. Really? I'm, they can do whatever they want. I'm fine that they're out there, and I I've I've hung with with drag queens myself. And it, when I worked in hotels, I loved gay bar. I tell you, that is a, an absolute fact that can be verified. It was a great gay bar in Massachusetts near the Warrington Ave Theater. Um, Have you ever been to a Pride Parade? 
Um, yes, and then Pride Festival in Boys Town in Chicago. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I did not march, Alice. Um, but uh, I went to Boston Pride one year with <clears throat> friends, like when I sure. when I was like just I like, like college age or yes. whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I've always enjoyed the company of gay people. And well, gay women didn't very much like me, but I've had friends who are gay men, and three of them who were, who I was friends with, two of the three who came out while we worked in hotels together, are now conservatives. I mean, they're, or at least they like all the stuff I do. Well, I, mean, I think gay men are natural conservatives. Right. right. And I'm, in particular. So I'm, so I'm, I'm, to start with, I, they don't like or, women much, a lot of them. Sure. So, uh, understandably, obviously. So, um, <laughs> I mean. So, but here's the thing is that I don't know how much more self-deception we're going to have to do out here and to have people say oh they're sexual to you tom when i post the thing obviously the go-to is that i'm actually gay and this is just <laughs> oh that's sexy to you how about mrs doubtfire is that do you think that's too really this says more about you it's like guys we don't have to it's okay we don't have to i'm not trying to do anything huge here i'm just saying this is a guy dressed in women's clothes that are in found in the sexy, <laughs> the sexy section of the store so don't tell me you know, they, they're not dressed like stewardesses, okay? They're not dressed like uh, female construction workers. They're dressed like women about to have sex. That's what they're dressed like, okay? So but don't tell me that you're not seeing it, because I know you're seeing it. But they just assume that I'm part of some dark force somewhere, so it's, you know, give no ground at all, guys. Hold the line. Well, also, isn't it a little bit homophobic, the... <clears throat> automatic go-to by the left that everybody who has a problem with any part of their agenda must secretly be gay like i, I uh-huh. thought we were past that right right no 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 it's not no no it, nobody's past anything anymore so uh, anyway I, it's just ridiculous the dancing birds in the meadows are ridiculous <laughs> I, the fact that the that we have a, an administration that celebrates this stuff that's into all this that this whole cultural cancerous psychosis has creeped into everywhere it has and i i was heard um on minahan's podcast today he had um amy poehler's brother on Mm -hmm. who's local guy obviously and he was saying like these these cases uh conservatives are are really acting up i mean where is this happening it's not even really happening in places and the crt is like yeah it is it's happening all over the place every place any place that has a DEI officer has CRT happening. The things go hand in hand. This this drag queen convention happened at Fenway Park. Friendly Fenway. It's kid friendly. That was one of the things they wanted to do mm-hmm. when the new ownership group moved in <clears throat> from San Diego. Is they said we're going to make it friendly Fenway, and I was pissed off. I was like, "What is it? F- that freaking Green Moth, Wally the Green Monster?" I used to call for his death, Alice. I hated him. <laughs> And like the idea that they were cleaning it up, and they had like cops out and on the in the seats in case you were swearing, you could report somebody and they toss you. And I was mad about that. It's not friendly Fenway anymore. If you've got drag queens, well, the it, left considers drag queens family friendly. Why does it? Why is it so crucial <laughs> to have kids as your prime audience? Why is that so crucial? Why do you care so much, Tom? Right. And the drag exactly. queens, like, why and, are and you so way, obsessed with me? No, why the, are you so obsessed with me? Like, for those of you who are who are suggesting that it's just so innocent, I would uh, tell you to go to Turtle Boys 
uh, website, and he's done deep dives on these drag queens over at Fenway. And if of you don't course. think they're ultra so, uh, sexualized, then enjoy. Then of bring course. your kid and watch it. Watch the Turtle Boys site. Just with your like kid. the one that they had in Newburyport at the Newburyport Youth Services dance through the town that was hosted by the Masonic Lodge. And when they almost kicked them out, they were going to host it in a church because that totally makes sense. Um, just like that drag queen, drag is and has always been a very sexualized art form, shall we say, and. If you look up any of these people and their other work, you will find that they have stuff like this out there. I mean, we are so far away from like the blues clues guy getting in trouble and not being able to be on the kids TV show anymore because he smoked pot. Now parents are like, yeah, watch the drag queen who's like swallowing bananas in a YouTube video in her spare time, his spare time, whatever. It's just, it's so bizarre to me that we've come so far so quickly. And I really think, I mean, like, I used to think we were like a decade or so away Mm -hmm. from the left just openly advocating pedophilia, but I like think we're closer now. I think we're like two to three years away. Well, let me ask you this. Let me, this hypothetical, two two to three years away from what? From the left openly advocating pedophilia. Oh yeah. You know who's going to get, take the easy pass express lane is the furries. (laughs) They actually don't, I think, want to mess with kids. They're like into each other, whatever that means. Which I kind of like the idea of bright pink uh, humanoid animals like hanging out in, in parks. Uh, so, so my feeling is this. If a mom and child were at the playground and I put on my teddy. <laughs> and why, why is that funny? <laughs> it's not. It's great. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I laughed I put on my I'm teddy on. And I had a. A uh, book, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, my, I'm, hi, I'm Jacob. I'm wearing a dress, whatever book. Mm-hmm. And I approached, I think the mom would recoil and say, <laughs> get the frig away. I don't care what kind of mom. It could be a mom with a nose ring and purple hair. I think she'd want, get the F away from me. Right? I think it's so. I, my feeling is this. Maybe is, if you literally did like the drag queen makeup and a wig, I think you could, I think a bunch of them would gather no, around no, and whoa, offer you up their children. This is what I'm saying. Okay. That's the difference. A bunch of them, yes. One, no. This is about it being in public. In public it, or... The parents want to show how tolerant they are and how affirming they are. They're really showing the other parents. Mm-hmm. But they don't want that person. They don't want I'd the drag I'd say that's queen. true. And I would say that it has to do with people's like trust of authority, too. Right. Like when it's coming through official channels... If you have the drag queen at the library reading a book in the library, then people will bring their kids to go see it, even though they never would in the school park. And even though the library is not vetting any of these people any more than they vet people who show up at the playground in a dress. Right. But yeah, most people, if they saw an overweight middle aged man dressed mm-hmm. as a woman at the playground would keep their kids as far away as humanly possible and possibly call the police or they would have five years ago. Now, I think if you did like put on the, the full drag queen makeup and and wig, and if you had something with you that indicated that you were like part of some official channel, right? Like so if you brought like a camera crew with you or if mm-hmm. you had, you know, 
a sign explaining that you were drag queen story hour. I'm not even talking about like really having to go through official channels. I'm saying like the outward signs of it. Like if you put up a little sign that said drag queen story hour at the picnic tables near our local playground and you went there in a dress and like wig and makeup, I think people would bring their kids over to you. I think only if there were a bunch of people. I think they want the other people to see them. I think it's about showing showing mm, off. I think some of the people that I know absolutely would bring their kids over because they're insane. All right. All right. Another thing. So we we played the Kamala thing last night, right? Didn't we? About internment camps and after 9-11, all that stuff. Yes. Okay. I did today. I looked up a whole bunch of stuff about the uh, about the twice interred uh, Japanese I'm uh, sorry, no, no, um, Germans, World War One and World War Two, and some of the other stuff that happened with the Germans. Remember when we, the the erasing them? Uh, People bunch, were mad at German shepherds. Yeah, something. they killed every German breed of dog was killed publicly in the streets. Um, all German food was erased. Germans had to um, had to register under Woodrow Wilson as an alien, uh, something like an alien. I forgot what it was. It was a, it was kind of a horrific thing. Um, what was it? You know what? Let me tell you. This is after Kamala Harris was opening the museum, the Asian museum, and then taught, went through the laundry list of how bad Americans are. And because it's whitey doing it, well, Germans are pretty white. I'm pretty sure they're pretty white. I'm not. Mm. So anyway, here's here's a PBS actually did a thing on this uh, a little bit ago. Immediately after the U.S. had declared war, local governments, civic organizations, and even ordinary citizens began an attack on German-Americans and their culture. There are children who are instructed by their teachers to cut German songs out of the music books that they use in their classrooms. There is a public stein-breaking fest at one point to keep people from drinking German beer. Even in one town in Ohio, a really gruesome slaughter of German dog breeds. But it's important not to let these ridiculous stories to overshadow what is really a wholesale destruction of an ethnic culture in the United States. Germans were pressured to stop playing German music, to stop going to German plays. And when I say Germans, I mean German-Americans whose ancestors might have been in this country since before the revolution. The Lechners, Alice, my people. The president Mm -hmm. issued a decree that made any German living in the United States register as an enemy alien. Almost 500,000 men. I hope to God we can find some, some of my relatives registered as enemy aliens. And women were photographed, fingerprinted, and interrogated about their loyalty to the United States. There was tremendous pressure on new immigrants to conform, to have American flags, to sing American songs. We welcomed you here. Now you're here, you're with us, and you're only with us. So those are the whiteies, right? Those are the white people who are being bullied in that situation. I understand they were foreigners in Germany, so maybe that was more xenophobic, etc. But also, of course, a, a huge number of the largest lynching session that was ever had in the country was done to Italians in the late 1800s as well in New Orleans, where they just indiscriminately went and murdered and butchered and ripped them apart in the middle, middle of the street, a bunch of Italians um, as well. So, no, I, don't, I realize that that doesn't really exempt me. I'm still in trouble. And Italians weren't considered fully white back then. But the point is, 
that this country, it has not been, as you see, just a simple white supremacy uh, situation in this country. You lost your whiteness at times in history in this country, depending on what was going on. So that privilege went out the door. The Germans, bye, goes out the door. And it's just to say in the end of the This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. thing is that it's complicated so when Kim- kamala harris bitches and moans and has to ac- accentuate the fact that we've done some the terrible things have happened to asians yes that is true now if she wanted to she could point out both woodrow wilson and and fdr do share something in common but she didn't do that of course because she shares uh, shares something in well, common with them as well and speaking of it's complicated mm-hmm. um the whole the whole existence of Asian Americans <clears throat> complicates the black and white racial narrative for Democrats, right? And they've latched on to this thing about Asian Americans being killed in the last couple of years, most of whom were killed by black people, and it's still somehow the fault of white supremacy. But okay, like set that aside for a second and Acknowledge the fact that most of the metrics that they use to prove to us that America is a white supremacist country that, um, you know, is damaging to black people and our laws are racist and our mortgage companies are racist and our housing laws are racist and our whatever, everything's racist to black people because they don't, there's more of them in prison. So the justice system's racist that, you know, they have lower paying jobs. So the capitalism is racist. There's all these things that they use, you know, to prove that, that America is unfair to black Americans, which I think in some cases, in some cases like housing in particular, there's probably a case for, right? On all the metrics that you measure to show why white Americans are doing better than black Americans in the United States, Asian Americans do better than white people. Not better than black people, but they do better than white people. They get into colleges better. They have higher test scores. They have higher incomes. Mm -hmm. They have higher rates of parents staying together. They're in prison less. I mean, like everything Mm -hmm. that you can think of to prove why America is racist to black people 
also disproves that America is racist to Asian people. And they have like a number of explanations for this of why of why this happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's actually like the stereotypes of Asians as smart people and, <laughs> you know, model minorities and all this stuff that cause Asians to do better in this and that and whatever. Right. Like th- there's all kinds of there's all kinds of potential explanations for this. Right. And. And, and and I do, absolutely. I mean, I went to a high school and a college with lots of Asian Americans at it. And a lot of them did often feel stereotyped, often in ways that are reflected in, for example, the affirmative action that you see on college campuses, where pe- places like Harvard systematically score Asian kids as having less interesting personalities uh, be- so that they don't get into right. college at higher rates, right? And like, I, th- I think well, that I think y- that there are stereotypes that Asian uh, Asian Americans face in this country. Obviously, there's the Japanese internment is a, a huge historical thing. Things like the Chinese Exclusion Act, all the things Kamala mentioned, right? Asian Americans have overcome huge obstacles in this country, but for the most part, largely they have overcome them. Even. You know, when they were going through this whole Asian hate, stop Asian hate thing, right? NPR did this big piece about how diverse Asian Americans are and mm-hmm. you can't just say Asian Americans did better, do better. And they had this like big graph of like all the different types of Asian Americans, like Cambodians and Vietnamese people mm-hmm. and Thai people and all the, and to show that like, how different their test scores were. Well, you know who they didn't include on the chart? is white people and black people because they were both all lower than all the Asian people. (laughs) So it's like, you can't... It's a problem for their narrative of racism being the reason why America doesn't seem to work out for black people the way that, that lefties think that it should, right? And, And that's why they do... And that's why... That's why the woke and in particular affirmative action and in particular, you know, activists who are embroiled in some of these like melanin, black supremacy, Afrocentric narratives, why a lot of those ideologies lead to lashing out at Asian Americans or Jewish people just as much as at white Americans. Because if you're going to follow a narrative of groups are responsible for oppressing other groups, and if that group of people that I'm linking together based on skin color or religion or ethnic background, whatever it is, if you're going to follow this philosophy that the left has, that you can hold individual people responsible for the fact that their group of skin color people does better in life, then then Jewish people and Asian people also end up on the guilty side of that of that equation. There's not a way around that. And the left has really struggled with this. But um, I, I really think that it's a serious problem for the the woke. The woke narrative in this country it and in critical race theory and all these things, I think that it's a very difficult. I think that that it's a very difficult, uh, you know, real life problem for them to overcome and explain. They really can't explain it through their framework in a way that doesn't somehow implicate Asian Americans as being bad guys. So you're absolutely right. And actually you can see that there are, and there are court cases all all over the place. There is loud and proud 
systemic discrimination of Asians Absolutely. in colleges. And not just in colleges, too. In public schools, in charter schools, mm. in exam schools, in a lot of these places have eliminated um, exam scores as ways to get in or systematically you know, scored Asian kids lower in other areas so that they could admit more black kids. <coughs> Rav Aurora, um, who is a kid from, now is an author, or a, a columnist for the New York Post, or at least wrote a column a couple of years ago. Um, uh, he was he's a Sikh. He grew up in India. Uh, mm-hmm. No, see, he's a turban boy in the majority white in British Columbia, but his family uh, immigrated from India when he was four. He wrote a great piece about this, about who's doing well and who isn't. Right. He says, according to median household income statistics, I may have read this on the air, it's like two years ago, from the U.S. Census Bureau, several minority groups substantially out-earn whites. These include Pakistani Americans, Lebanese Americans, South African Americans, Filipino Americans, Sri Lankan Americans, and Iranian Americans, in addition to several others. Indians, the group I belong to, are the highest-earning ethnic group the census keeps track of, with almost double the household medium income, median income of whites. In Canada, several minority groups also significantly out-earn whites, including South Asian Canadians, Arab Canadians, Japanese Canadians. Interestingly, several black immigrant groups, such as Nigerians, Barbadians, Ghanaians, and Trinidadians and Tobaganians, have a median household income well above the American average. Ghanaian Americans, to take one example, earn more than several specific white groups, such as Dutch Americans, French Americans, Polish Americans, British Americans and Russian Americans. <laughs> Do Ghanaians have some kind of sub-Saharan African privilege? Nigerian Americans, meanwhile, are the... And these are the rock stars of everybody now. Um, Nigerian Americans, meanwhile, are one of the most educated groups in America. As one Rice University survey indicates, though they make up less than 1% of the black population in America, nearly 25% of the black student body at Harvard Business School in 2013 consisted of Nigerians. In post-bachelor education, 61% of Nigerian Americans over the age of 25 hold a graduate degree, compared to only 32% for the U.S.-born population. These facts challenge the prevailing progressive notion that American institutions are built to universally favor whites and oppress minorities or blacks. On the whole, whatever systemic racism exists appears to be incredibly ineffectual or even non-existent, given the multitude of groups who consistently eclipse whites. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying there's not quote systemic factors that are a part of that including like recent immigrant culture including i mean including all kinds of things uh including you know the the bias of the types of people who move to america for different countries and for different reasons right you know economic migrants who are you know in poverty and searching for a better life might not do as well in school as um you know other other groups of people like if you're, you know, emigrating because you're a computer programmer and a company's giving you a visa, right? Like it just your kid might do better in school. That's just how it goes. But there's um, there's so much there, and it's if you were going to look at it honestly, you could learn so much from it that could be beneficial to all kinds of people. Like what kinds of cultures, what kinds of parenting, what kinds of you know, immigrants, all these things Mm -hmm. like you could learn from this and say what's working for people and what's not. And you could 
say, you know, if if we were going to be honest, we could look at things like single parent homes and say, like, how does that impact kids growing up? Because, you know, some cultures obviously have a much bigger culture of parents staying together than other mm-hmm. cultures do. Right. There are things like that there. But nobody wants to look at it. Honestly, everybody wants to just stuff the facts into their own predetermined narrative that they want to prove X, Y, Z. And it and it's the same, honestly, with the racists and with the uh, the critical race theory people who are also racists, right? Because, uh, you know, I've known some racists in my life here and there, and they think the same things that the critical race theory people do. Of course. Of course. And they I, think, and I think that, that these, like, group solidarity are, ideas are, are where it's at. Right. And, and there are entire institutions in the United States, and this is what separates us from most of the rest of the world, which are just dedicated to the... Uh, Analyzation, analysis, and is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Analysis of, um, or not, not even analysis, but to the continuing and growing narrative of this country being unfair to people. That's one of the things you get when you have a thriving <laughs> democracy and everything's great. Well, is right. that you've got time to kill. You do not find in El Salvador self hatred like this. You do not find in Iran self-hatred like this. Mm-hmm. You do not find in Russia self-hatred like this. Well, but I would argue that you have in some of these countries at certain points in history. I, th- I think that, um, I think that, for example, China and Russia after their communist revolutions had this kind of like inward focused, mm-hmm. self-destructive uh, narrative where they hated the people who made the country great and sought to tear them down. I mean, like, they took all the people, all the bourgeoisie, and just absolutely tried to destroy them, right? And, you know, it's in China, they've had the same issue where they've had essentially what was their middle class was basically torn down and destroyed and all sent to re-education camps and everything else. And their kids still do better now than the kids of the people who took over the communists who were given all the privileges because these are cultural values and traits that were passed on to their kids regardless of if their you know their society was torn up around them and they were absolutely unprivileged it's like that thing that people say like we could totally you know have a complete redistribution tomorrow Right. We could take everything that the rich people have and redistribute it so everybody has the same stuff tomorrow and starts from zero, from square one. Everybody's completely equal. And how long do you think it would take for things to get unequal again and for Elon Musk to be rich again mm-hmm. and for people who are poor now to be poor again? It would be like by the end of the day. It would be like no time this, at all. This... This um, cultural revolution we're having here is a revolution of the elite, of the bourgeoisie. But that's typical of a revolution is it's like the hyper elite people identify with like the super poor and blame the industrious middle class. Right. But They don't share a mindset with like Ibram X. Kennedy does not share a mindset with with the low classes or 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 marginalized black people. They want the cops to be around. He doesn't. Of course, he doesn't share a mindset with them, and but and yet he purports to speak for them, mm-hmm. right? Is that 
yeah, that's the thing about these revolutions is that these are the products of elites who are claiming to speak for and and saying that they can offer people who, yes, are like the peasant class, the poor, right? Mm. Like, and, and we do have a modern peasant class, whether people want to admit it or not. It's a much richer peasant class than has ever existed in history, right? But... And it's a peasant class that doesn't really know race boundaries and other things, right? Yeah, but aren't these in population centers? You can't. In, if this, the peasant class is the proletariat, right? Mm-hmm. The proletariat here watches a lot of NASCAR. I mean, sure, but which way do cities vote ultimately? Right, you're right. They vote for the Democrat. Right. Right. Anything else? Should we go to speak pipe? Um, I think I had one more thing. You look lovely, by the way. You look great in blue. Oh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to give us one piece of happy news as our uh, culture crumbles into dust and into ruins. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody's reporting, John Nicosia, did you see this? Uh, He supposedly has sources at CNN slash Discovery, and he's reporting from a source... (laughs) That Brian Stelter is down to weeks, if not days, left at CNN. And says he is everything that reminds the new owners of the Zucker era that they desperately want to get past. They continue, management is confident Stelter is the one sharing the internal pushback to fellow media reporters while simultaneously stirring discontent within the ranks. I'll miss him on Tucker, especially the likenesses they use of him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brian Stelter. Uh, all right, homie, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hi, BBs. Les again, my second call. This is a an appreciation phone call for Ooh. my Orthodox Christian sister, Alice. Thank you, Leslie. Who oftentimes, lately, says some stuff on the show that was just in my mind two seconds before she said it. In this case, back on your Thursday episode about the the corporate, large corporate organizations and the businesses bowing to the demands of quote unquote Pride Month. Like we were talking about today. With the red stockings, like we were talking Mm -hmm. about today. Themselves to that Pride Month. And Alice said two seconds after it came into my head, well, what what happened to pride anyway because in the bible pride is one of the seven deadly sins right it's and i absolutely love how alice brings this up as i'm listening exactly the same time Mm. that i hear this as well and yes that's a fact that pride is one of the seven deadly sins but when you look at what pride is representing here it makes sense. Love you. Bye-bye. So true, Leslie. Thank you. So true. Ooh. Has she ever gone to your church? You should get to, to tell her to go to your church. To my one? She has not been to mine. Uh, mm. I should visit hers, too. She's no. part of the uh, Antiochian church, and somebody that she knows from church works for the Jeff Deal campaign also. Ooh. Hey, Tom and Alice, if you're ever in French Lake, Indiana, Mm. make sure you stop by and eat at 33 Brick Street. It has a bunch of memorabilia, sports memorabilia. Of, I would say, Lawrence Edward Bird. And um, Larry Bird was involved with uh, the restaurant. All right, bye. There you go, Alice. There's me lording my sports (laughs) knowledge over you. I don't have sports knowledge. Very few people I can do that to. So, 
Can I tell a quick story? Sure. Which is that people may not realize this about me, but I did uh, pose as somebody who followed sports for a, a little under a year when I worked at some stores that sold mm-hmm. licensed Boston sports team merchandise. And I was a faker. But what I discovered is that it's actually like, I'd say like 85 to 90% of the time, you can actually get away with it because almost everybody else is faking it too. Mm. And most of them don't notice that you're also faking it. There's also, and this is not me, but this is other men. There's also a desire, men like a cute little Girl pretending to know about sports. Yes, there's (laughs) men are drawn to that. Uh, Me personally, I'm drawn to a man in drag pretending to know. That's my bike. That's my bike. Yeah, uh, Alice confronted me about my bike yesterday, and I can't take the bike out. Can't take it back out. Maybe (sighs) I'll ride your bike. You can't ride the bike. It has a very comfy seat now. I installed a special comfy seat because you complained that the original seat that came with the bike was raping you. It was. Indeed, (laughs) Alice. Hey, guys. uh, Day three of quarantine and uh, COVID recovery here. Sorry, Danny. Holy God. Did you get some Paxlovid? Get some Paxlovid, my man. Dude, it sounds like uh, you're calling it a night here. Ulrika. Uh, I heard you talking yesterday on the pod, and Tommy did a nice segment this morning about you know, renaming monkeypox because it's uh, racist and all that. And, and I was thinking we should probably address some other names of illnesses while we're at it. Uh, for example, the uh, the man cold. I find find that offensive when I'm told I only have a man cold and to stop complaining. I didn't know it was a diagnosis. It's that- not a real diagnosis. It's what women say because men, women believe that. When women get sick, like our kids still need us and we have to mm-hmm. like still get up and do stuff and we just power through. And when men get sick, they lie in the bed like they have pneumonia and they're dying and they, you know, well, they it, 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 they milk it is what we're saying. And it, so when people say men have a mm-hmm. man cold, that's what they're saying. There's a difference because women have a uh, physical advantage. What physical advantage? You're witches. <laughs> Stop. I'm not um, a there's of course the uh, the Irish flu Ooh. and the Irish curse. Uh, both, What's the uh, Irish which, flu? The Irish flu is being hungover. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which the Irish? Wait, oh, the Irish. I'm not even that Irish, and I get that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I have occasionally. I find quite a. Fa- the Irish curse is something else. Has What's with- the Irish curse? You serious, Alice? I don't know what it is. What is it? I feel almost bad here. <laughs> Should I return you to your parents? <laughs> They don't know what it is either, probably, so I don't think that's going to get you very far. What's the Irish curse? It's a racist thing that Danny is saying, but Danny's allowed to say it because he is Irish. Well, I'm one sixteenth Irish, so you okay. can tell well, it to there's, me. Well, there's a small chance that you're going to be suffering from the Irish curse. What is that? Uh... <laughs> What's the Irish curse? The Irish curse is uh, a, the an Irish gentleman being less than marvelously endowed. What? You haven't is heard that this? a thing? Oh, you're so sweet, Alice. Oh my God! I don't know that that's uh, a thing. Uh, often true in both cases, unfortunately. Uh, and of course, there's. A- I don't think I necessarily like. Uh, Danny's voice like this. I find it uh, it's uh, Sam I've Elliott. Al- I've always liked Danny's voice. I think this is not Danny's voice. Well, he's it's fine. essentially 
an hour from death. This is him flatlining. The thing is, there's a little blip up, but it's getting few and far between. Also, uh, the disease, I assume, Alice has uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Correct. Uh, I think she suffers from that. That's you get a lot of that. I'm, I don't know <laughs> why. But although I also agree with him. Of course, offensive to the Swedes. So let's uh, let's get on this. Uh, yep, plenty of plenty of time in my hands right now. So uh, I'll uh, I'll talk to our man Tetros or whatever. Right. He is absolutely dead by now. So the good thing is, though, they're also. Well, I there's hope he gets also, to listen to this episode before he goes. There's also a uh, a another dangerous trope about the Irish called the Irish wake, um, which usually involves uh, drinking. So. Oh. Listening. Once I hear the vocals, maybe. I will say Ingve Malmsteen, or uh, who's the guy who played with uh, Stevie Vai? Megadeth Metallica? I don't know. I don't know. What is this TV show, Doc? Billy Ray Cyrus, a doc, doctor from Montana, m- moving to uh, New York. What? What? Stop watching that channel. <laughs> Stop it. Unsubscribe from that. Discussing on the podcast that your kid needs to be wiped is literally a chat chat. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. You heard him. It was it was audible. So that's uh, <laughs> he hasn't yelled. Actually, he's due to yell anytime now. As a matter of fact, that's what the apple butter's for. It is for the fried biscuit. That's what it's for. Oh. Apple butter is for the fried biscuit. Delicious. I... Tom, what did you sing to me when I used to make apple butter? Apple butter dream jeans boots with the girl. Yeah, <laughs> it's apple bottom jeans of boots course. with the fur. Mm. Right, you were oh yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> what does that mean? Add me to the five percent of fans who prefer the podcast on video because if you all have not seen Tom Shaddock's nervous breakdown or Tom and Alice bickering or the children interrupting the show, <laughs> you have missed some of the best comedy gold out there in internet video. I'm thrilled to know that you're bringing it back. I thought that perhaps it was going to be permanently suspended as part of the Shattuck household build back better. I can't <laughs> wait to see it all again. Love you. Bye. I'll upload. I'll catch up. I don't have to go into the office tomorrow, so I'll have some time this evening to work on this oh, project of catching wonderful. up on the video I upload. I don't, I, don't, I don't get, like, who would want to watch us? Apparently, you know the only time I like to watch is that there are times when I look less fat sometimes, and I'm like, "Wow, that right there." When I said that, look less fat. Other than that, I don't get it. You know what? I don't mind to say. Well, in this episode, we had some very high tech video integration where you held up your laptop screen to the camera. So I don't think that's how most people drop video clips into their shows. I was doing it to show you. I know, but it worked out. But it worked out. I did look at it. All right, so we've got to do a bonus deal for the Patreon folks. The rest of you guys, thank you so much. The rest of you guys, I don't mean to say it dismissively. The loyal listeners, who I appreciate. 
Um, very much. Is there anything else I wanted to say? Let's see. Uh, I guess that's it. I guess I'll see you tomorrow on WTIC. And we'll be doing a show at some point. Um, oh, we've been asked to go out Friday. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to. We'll have to see. I, we, we have, we're so busy that we haven't even talked about our plans this weekend. But uh. thank you so much for listening. As always, like Tom said, we'll do a little extra Patreon because Tom ripped you all off this week by uploading the Patreon show to everybody. Um, you can always find us for free if you're not into paying for podcasts on patreon.com slash burn barrel. You can always find us for free on Twitter where we are at burn barrel pod. We also have facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast and the website URL burn barrel podcast.com where you can find all different places to listen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.